TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to have do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. Welcome to the Score North Twins show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. The person that is talking is me. It is Glenn Perkins. Uh, Phil Mackey and and uh, what's it? Derek Wetmore are here. He, they're back. Uh, all right, all right, all right. What's that yeah. guy's name? You're so nondescript. I just you know like I, I you f- don't see you for a week and I'm like God, what's his name again? So <laughs> that random um, guy in the corner. You know, it goes back to like you, I saw Phil Mackey's face all over billboards for years, and so I, I yeah, won't forget that's him. True. That's true. I'm and not then, as ballsy uh, as Phil. Yeah, no. you're you're easy to forget. Not so. many people are as ballsy as I was with the pitchfork goatee on those billboards for those two years. <laughs> I mean, the pitchfork goatee. Peak ballsy. Actually, uh, we had a 45-minute photo session. This is probably five or six years ago. A 45-minute photo session. And, like, you're doing, hey, like, you and Judd stand back-to-back and put cross your arms, right, doing all the different things. And big smile, hold the football, all the different cliched sports you know, sports guy photos. You forgot, though, when you walked into the room and they were like, do you want to go trim that? Or are you good? Because that was on me. Yeah, that was on me. Yeah, <laughs> are you sure that's call. what you want to look like in those pictures? <laughs> yeah. That's all on that part of it. But at one point, the photographer says, "All right, just like I need kind of a mean face. Like, g- give me kind of an aggressive. You're gonna kick someone's ass." And I'm like, I mean, I got in a fight in eighth grade one time, but all right. Here's my best. Not knowing that that one photo would be the one that's, that gets plastered for three years so with ballsy. That's that's like ba- the baseball card photo shoot stuff in the mornings. Uh, yes. They always do it one morning in, in, at spring training. At like 7 a.m. And it's 7 a.m. Like everybody's tired, you know, and it's like already getting hot outside. And you, you, these cameras are so distracting. There's these camp. Fil- oh, the cameras in the studio. You can explain this in a second. Yeah, we have two uh, cameras in the studio, and they and they auto rotate. They're just they're and they're freaking you and out. Now right? I gotta get like I see I, I have TV this weekend, and I gotta get a haircut, but I'm not gonna get it till tomorrow. Now if we're gonna do this, now I gotta get a weekly haircut. I don't know if this so will, I don't look like wet, wet more. <laughs> the, this this video may never actually surface publicly. Okay, that's good, but we'll see. Um, so anyways, we'll make it, the decision later. The the morning in the spring in spring training, and you're doing all these poses. And inevitably, like some of them are like, just stand there, like look at the camera, look over here. And some they're like, all right, hold the ball out and then turn it a little bit. And you're like, you end up like contorting your body into like a position where you don't do that on a baseball field. And then that becomes your baseball card. Yeah, that's right. Like every, you know, like you look at like every guy before they get to the big leagues where then you actually get a picture of you in uniform. It's always some stupid pose at spring in spring training. Yep. Like it, and even it happened. It actually happened to Joe Nathan. He uh, he has a baseball card. I think it was they did tops did like these Getty. I think it was called. So it was like an old school. And in the baseball card, he was wearing shower shoes out there. So and and the old they were Reebok shower shoes and they had an MLB logo on the on like the the strap that goes over your foot. And so then when they make these cards, they like turn the picture into like an oil painting and it, and you can see on his foot, like he's like bent over, like he's taking a sign and he's got, you can tell he's got his shower shoes on. Is it this one right here? 
No, a it, bad visual for the radio audience. Yeah, I guess, no, I'll 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 find it and oh I, I can I can tweet it out. That's amazing. Um, I used to I used to, but that's like that's yeah. You do the the headshots or the the photo shoot stuff, and they always pick the worst one. Do well, you feel pressure? Because I mean, if I were a baseball player, knowing man, I grew up collecting cards and and like this is. This is a thing that maybe not as much in two. I don't know how much people collect cards in 2019, but like for a long time, people collect the baseball cards. And I would think like once you become a major league baseball player and you're aware that oh, I'm doing a baseball card photo shoot. You know, this yeah, is like this could live on for a long time. So many of them. It's it's rare once you're once you're in the big leagues. It's rare to have a card that's not. Every once in a while, they'll throw in like one of those poses, like you know, they'll throw like a starting pitcher, like carrying a bucket of baseballs back to like the you know, and during BP or something. Like they'll do some cheesy, a couple of them in the set. But I always got lucky. I mean, I never like made a point like when the cards came, like I got to find my card and like you know, make sure that it like I look cool. But when I somebody would like send me one or whatever to get autographed, I'd always want I, you know, I'd like see it and be like, okay, yeah, I can I can live with that. That's a that's a good picture. Yeah. Um, I just Googled hilarious baseball card poses. <laughs> there was a pitcher for the Giants named Randy McCammond in the late, this is like 1989. He looks like fat pitcher Freddie Mercury, and they and they made him like lean back on the grass with an elbow oh, in the no. ground <laughs> with a Freddie Mercury mustache. Is his right arm going up behind his back, or is that somebody else's? It Doesn't it's it look like question. he's like raising his right arm? Uh, that's a good question. I can't. T- it looks like he's yeah. It looks like he's got kind of the arm behind the head, sort of the the model on the beach pose. Alan Alan Ginter, I think that's the. Dissy Derek usually does the research for me, so now I'm going to be Glenn. I'm going to be honest. I've been trying since we started talking about this, and I cannot come up with the Joe Nathan. I'm going to if I have to text him and get him to send me, I will. <laughs> Before the end of the show, we need the Joe. They we are. Need, we need to put this out on. On social media, photo today. day is hilarious. Like just as a as an outside observer being there, because everyone hates being there. Like there's nobody on the team. Actually, I take that back. Every year, Glenn, there's one guy who like loves having his picture taken. Yeah, it was like Aaron Thompson. Sure. So he's got like, his uh, target field. You see him going through on the scoreboard. They got all their photos up there. There's one guy who's like cheesing really hard. But then Glenn will come in. He'll march into Johnny Cash, and it's like. He's so mad right now. His, he's, it's like the longest face you've ever seen Glenn have. It's not because he's mad about getting his picture taken, probably. It's because he's getting it taken at like 6.30 in the dang morning before workouts. Yeah, that's that's what it is. He's kind of like... Gotta, you have to come in early and... <laughs> just and then, stare it off into space. And what happens is you do that and you do the scored picture and you're like half asleep and like making a face <laughs> and then that's... You know, or like when the guys do like the crazy hair. Yes. Like they'll grow out their beard all winter and then like shave some ridiculous thing and... <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like in August they have a buzz cut and like a t- you know guy? like a short beard. Yes. And then it's like wait that what, you know what what were you thinking? His wife or girlfriend was not putting up with that all summer. Yeah. All right. Again, bad visual for radio, but I'll explain it here. So uh, uh, Derek Jeter's rookie card, his his score select rookie card. Okay. They made him jump in the air, and like start, like he's jumping in the air with his knees bent as if he's about to jump over a sliding player into second base and throw the ball to first. And this is what the result oh, is. Oh. It's like him with a weird yeah. straight face. Very clearly some photographer said, all right, this is Derek Jeter's rookie card. This is Derek <laughs> Jeter's rookie card. Can you imagine? Like, I, Just jump in the air quick. We're going to need another take on that. All I think is that like that early in the morning, if they were like, can you jump? And I would like, my spine would 
decompress and explode. <laughs> like tear an ACL. Like probably probably strain my Achilles tendon. You might just say no. Like all point. the yeah. Like all the things that could go wrong in that. Okay, are, he, I have another. This is kind of a baseball card question, but more of like an old. Like, why did pitchers do this question? When did pitchers stop raising their leg straight out in their in their uh, wind-up motion? You know, like those old-timey baseball cards? That was a, like, that'd be a question for Bronson Arroyo. I think he was the last one, right? Did he? Yeah. Oh, Don't yeah, you remember he, he had, like, out. the weird, like, he'd kick his leg, like, but, straight out but the his hamstring was like, stretch? His was perpendicular to home plate, though, right? I feel like you watch old timey videos. It's Warren Spahn. Oh, Warren and they're Spahn, like way above their Bob, head. Bob Feller, and he like lifts his legs straight up toward home plate over his head. Yeah, and they and then like on the way when when they're starting their wind up, I'm gonna get up and actually do this. So when when they <laughs> when they start their wind up, this is so now this this what's gonna happen is this whole thing's gonna be put on YouTube now. So we it can sure get... is. <laughs> so like they're facing home plate and and like like not like sort of sideways 45 degree, but they're facing home plate. And they bring both arms, swing both arms behind their body, and like showing you the. Yep. Go Google anyone out there. Google Warren Spawn. Well, it's like Paul, Paul Bird was like maybe the last yeah, to yeah. do that, and he was smoking mirrors for yeah like ten years. But like when did like when did someone come in and say, actually that's not the optimal way to throw ninety five miles an hour, yeah. and they can totally see like the grip in your hand when you're throwing it out behind your head like that. All so. of that stuff is a bad idea. Um, should we actually like talk about the twins or we can? And you think <laughs> maybe is there it's, it's Glenn Perkins on, on baseball. So I guess this is technically we're on <laughs> we're on brand for the show. Well, the thing we were talking about before we got into that tangent was, and I don't know, like it's obviously Bombas, Bombas, Bombas has been the theme of the twin season. But even with the Bomba squad, and we've been having fun with Bomba Soda, Land of Ten Thousand Rakes here on the Scorner Twin Show. I still don't know if enough is being made of the fact that the Minnesota Twins in 2019 are going to break the Major League home run record in like two weeks. They're going to break it with like a month to go in the season. The record is 266 by last year's Yankees. They've got 244 at the time of this particular so show. They, it's so amazing. A, a couple years ago, we hit a bunch of home runs. Not that many, but a bunch. Uh how many did the Twins hit last year? Because I, I like part of me feels like this is like kind of out of nowhere. They've they have cruised past it, like destroyed it. No pun intended, of course. But right, no, they but are like, way like, past. Did, what did they, they did, wow. did they hit two hundred last year? I'm gonna look it up right now, but I I don't think so. I think it was like honestly, I'm just gonna guess a number before I do find it. But I think it was like. 165. Yeah. Something ridiculously low. And, and I have it here. They and a couple hit. years ago, we hit. We actually did hit a decent amount of home runs. 166 last year. 166. And then what was the year before? Uh, wow, you're making me click around here. Uh, 166 was last year. 2017. That was the 2017 was the was the wild card year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, it was 208. Yeah. So that's like that's. I mean that's that's probably. Got to be upper half for sure. That's yeah. got to be top ten. Like ordinarily, you hit two hundred home runs as a team in a season, and that's, that's a ton really good, of yeah. home runs. They're still on. I mean, we. I remember talking, geez, six weeks into the season that they were on pace for three hundred, and we were laughing about it. And they, <laughs> they're, they're like, I mean, the last I heard, it was maybe two or three games ago. I know they didn't hit it yesterday, but um, that they were on pace for like three hundred seventeen. So like yeah. they're still. So to put this into context even further. 1998 was the middle of the steroid era, and that's the year that Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were going back and forth all summer, and both both broke Roger Maris's record in the same year, and Glenn just spilled all over. <laughs> Good thing that hit the floor. 
Um, Can can somebody clean that up? (laughs) And the Twins in 1998 as a team, as a team in the middle of the steroid era, hit 115 home runs. 115 home runs. It's it's bananas, and people are going to say it's the baseball. I I totally understand, like, not getting that excited about, oh, juicy baseball. I get it. Look at what other teams are doing with the same juicy baseball. The Twins are cleaning up in a season in which Major League Baseball is predicated on power more than it ever has been before. And as of, well, the off day going into the Tiger series, the Twins are on pace for 311 still. So the, the, it, part of it is the baseball, but the difference is the the Twins, it doesn't mean that the Twins are hitting more than the rest of the league because of the baseball. Like they might they might still have broken the record without this baseball that they're using or they might have hit 260 or 250. Either way they they were going to lead baseball this lineup was going to lead baseball in home runs. Yeah. yeah. Like that's you know cuz it's helping everybody the same, right? Yes. I mean, well yeah. It's the, a, it's a league wide this isn't like just, oh, the Twins move the fences in 25 feet, so then they hit more home runs at home. <laughs> the second-place team, Yankees, and behind them, the Dodgers, Astros, we think of them as super-powerful teams, I mean, nationally. And I don't think people have quite caught on to the Bomba squad just yet. The Yankees are on pace, if you're wondering, for 291 home runs. So in a normal year, you'd be saying, like, no Twins, you'd be saying, Holy cow, the Yankees set the record last year, and they're going to smash it again this year. Who has better branding, the Yankees as Savages or the Twins as the Bomba Squad? I actually might lean the Savages. That's, yeah. that's pretty awesome. That's a pretty, that's a pretty darn good uh, nickname. But So this is all relevant, and I brought this up to you guys before the show. Uh, I had seen this on, on Twitter this morning, um, not when I was driving here, because that's illegal. You can't do that. Yep, you can't do that. So it was before I was doing pre-show research nice. when I got up this morning. Um and so people talk about like you know the way the game is played and oh you you know sometimes you have to be able to string some base hits together. And I heard Justin Morneau, I think it would have been during the um Brewer series. Ta- they were talking about it and he said the reason that you see guys trying to hit more home runs is that the pitchers are so good that it's hard to string hits together. Sure. Like they're not giving up hits. And so you're you you have you know if you get a guy on or two guys on, you're definitely trying to hit a home run. But really, you're always because you you can hit the ball once and hit a home run, as opposed to hitting the ball three times and hoping that all three of them become hits. So this guy tweets uh, some random. John Skiambi retweeted it. Justin Verlander's ERA is down at two seventy seven, but he's given up an ale high thirty three home runs. Forty of the fifty seven runs he's allowed have scored on homers. That's seventy percent of the runs. Good luck hitting three singles in an inning, but you can beat him with dingers, which is what the Tigers did last night, correct? Yes, they. I, I believe it was a two-to-one game, Yeah, and both runs were... It was like two hits, and, and both were solo so, runs. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Twins beat Verlander in Houston. one nothing. Yeah. Are you and suggesting... And that was on a home run. Adrianza. Are you suggesting if the Twins get into a playoff series against the Houston Astros, in which on paper it would look like a rotation mismatch... The Justin Verlander's kryptonite is the twin strength. It is. And that's, I mean, that's the only reason that they beat them four out of seven this year is because they, they, they hit home runs. We're going to win twins. We're going to score. We're going to win twins. What's that baseball score? I see where you're going with this. You know, and so, like, that's, I, I, I don't even get people that complain about teams hitting home runs. Like, they're, 
I don't know. It's fun to watch. You want to see how far guys can hit them, how many. Like each one becomes more entertaining to me. Yeah, it gives. It also gives baseball something to latch onto. It's like baseball hasn't had a lot of things in the last twenty. Like baseball when it exploded again after the strike in the nineties, and I get that it was tainted because everybody was you know hulked up, but like baseball thrived because of home runs, and so I don't know. Like I, my whole macro viewpoint is, I want baseball to attract fans and stay alive as long as possible and and thrive and home runs are a thing that they can hang their hat on it's yeah, and it's fun. and it's also a complete myth that in the playoffs suddenly things change and pitching and defense win championships i've gotten a lot of that lately that that is ridiculous last two year, last year two years ago Two years ago, how many home runs did the Dodgers and the Astros hit in that yeah. World Series? Like they hit like fourteen in the first game. Ask Kenley Jansen and Ken Giles. Yeah, how I mean, every, wins like, championships, scoring runs. Who scores runs better? And that's like if the Twins run into the Astros in the playoffs, their only chance is if they're hot and they're hitting home runs. Or is the is the way to frame it? I mean, scoring runs, yes, but is the way to frame it? If you look at, for instance, the Twins and the Indians, and I don't have it in front of me, but just run differential. The Twins have scored like 100-plus more runs than the Indians or something ridiculous. But the Indian, I think it's like 150 more runs than the Indians this season. But the Indians have allowed 75 or 100 fewer runs compared to the Twins. So I look at it and say, you get into a playoff series, and it's less about pitching wins or defense wins. Like, you need to have a good team. And whatever your method to winning is, as long as you're able to, if, you're, if, if you can't hold teams under five runs, but you can score seven, well, that's... That's your path, right? Yeah. You better well, score and seven. That's, yeah, the Twins score more and allow more, which obviously you want to score more and allow less. Like That's what everybody's trying to do. That's what the Astros are really good at, which is why they're going to win 110 games. But you can, you can win series, you can win games by outscoring other teams. Like Sometimes that's just the way it is. Like the Twins and Yankees series, like you might just win games 12 to 10 because everybody's just mashing baseballs. And so there's different... There's different Paths to the same result, I guess, would be you can win with pitching and defense. Sometimes that happens. I take the the team that you know the bloop and the blast. Get a guy on, draw a walk, have somebody hit a home run, and that's 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 how you beat a Justin Verlander when he's got a sub three ERA and doesn't allow base runners. Yeah, know? I think there's a lot of anxiety right now in Minnesota about. Is this pitching staff good enough? And it has its warts, and it can be better, and individual guys can be better. But, like, don't you feel pretty good if you win the division going into the postseason with one of the best offenses in baseball? You, the, you, 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 you roll have the dice. To. You have to. That's right. And and I think there's also there's also part of it, because they kind of come out of nowhere, the Twins have never done this. It's been, like, 40 years since they've, like, out-homered their opponents. I mean, like, honestly, since, like, the <laughs> it, 90s. Wow. It's years? been forever. They've had like one season in the last thirty some that they've out homered their opponents. Yeah. So it amazing. kind of has this like, man, like, can this keep keep going? Yeah, this, I mean, and like this might be the outside of winning the World Series twice. This might be the greatest franchise accomplishment. They're gonna they're gonna break not just like lead the league in homers. They're going to break the major league home run. It's record. a lot. It's a lot bigger deal, and it gets it gets glossed over a little bit because so many people are so many teams are hitting home runs. But like then then you're being then you're the best of in the best era. Yeah, of you're the best of all time. It's, it's like you're talking a couple weeks ago, Glenn. Every best player in every sport right now is the best of all time. Yeah. Just like if they were able to transplant eras, yep. this Twins team is the most 
home run hitting proficient team of all time. Yeah, and they're yeah. So I mean, that's like, and there's still some uneasiness because it's not something that like typically happens in you know a, a Twins or a Minnesota sports. They're never like the best at something. It's right. been not, since 1991, you know, that the, that a team was the best at something like. I mean, I guess maybe the, I think that I think the Twins led the league in strikeouts like in '06 or something like that as, as they, a pitching staff. I think they led the league in scrappiness in like 2002. Like, yeah, well, and what I was going to say, is, what I was going to say is like that's something like led the league in something that's some like that people actually care about. They oh, definitely okay. led the like, league in care pitching about strikeouts. They led the league in pitching to contact in like 2013. Yeah. We actually did a dive on that pitching staff in 2013. I mean, you went to the All Star game, but it was like. A bunch of dudes with four strikeouts per night. Like Scott Diamond, Kevin Correa. I was Correa. leading the team on June 1st in strikeouts. <laughs> as, as a, a one-inning reliever. Yeah. You had pitched like 25 like, times. I had like 40 strikeouts in 26 innings <laughs> and was leading the, leading the team in strikeouts. Yeah. I got fooled so bad. I think it was maybe the year before. It was maybe 2012. And... Uh, Blackburn had. Is this when you printed the "It's Happening" T-shirts? Is that when you got? No, that was that was 2011. That was 2011. (laughs) Oh, you're thinking this? By the way, those are back. Those shirts are back. Fool me once, shame on you. (laughs) If you want, how many times are you gonna get fooled by this team? (laughs) Well, again this year because cheap plug. We are gonna be live at the Minnesota State Fair, Score North, from today through Labor Day. We are pre-recording this particular show, but you'll be out there next Thursday, and we have brought back the "It's Happening" shirts. You can buy an It's Happening shirt, and you, you can, they, you they're can not, buy the Jinx. They're not the ones that d- dug out of the basement. They're new. They're fresh. They're fresh. Okay, good. Yeah, good. No, no. But I got fooled go so updated bad. Colors, updated colors with Casota Gold. No, same colors. No, same colors. Okay. Yeah, same colors. A couple of them might have some dust on them, actually. I'm not, not 100% <laughs> sure. But I remember, writing, I remember writing for the old 1500ESPN.com, because Blackburn had come back. He had a couple rough years after signing a contract. And he had like changed where he was positioned on the rubber or something, and like was getting a different angle to home plate. And I remember Justin Morneau was uh, playing first base, and David Ortiz must have drawn a walk or like I think he got like a seeing eye single off Nick Blackburn. And David Ortiz gets to first base. This is in a the third spring training game or something. And he uh, he says to Morneau, "Yeah, Blackie, looking kind of nasty this spring. You know, it's kind of like elbowing him and." And so that whole narrative took on a life of its own because Blackie had a great spring and then wound up with like a nine ERA and I don't think he ever pitched again in the big leagues. And I remember just taking the bait so hard that Nick Blackburn, he's back to his old form, going to be the horse, 200 innings. And one of the greatest, like nicest guys of all time, at least from my perspective. Yes. I don't mean to crap on Nick Blackburn. But I, I thought you were kind of crapping on yourself it. with that one. The, <laughs> little the of both. Hook, line, and sinker. A little of both. Can we talk about what we expect from the Twins when we come back here? Like from this point forward, what do we think would be a success for the Twins this year? Get your thoughts on it. Glenn Perkins on baseball, the Score North Twin Show. And like we said, we're going to be live Score North from noon until 6 every weekday from now until Labor Day at the Minnesota State Fair. It's easy to find the Score North booth. Hey, just look for the giant Bumba Soda sign. But uh, we're off Chambers Street and right on the left edge of the grandstand if you want to come and hang out with us. More Score North Twin Show with Glenn Perkins next. Welcome back to the Score North Twins show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. Uh, I'm here with Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. They're back from Florida. I had Judd Zolgat and Manny Hill in here last week. Yeah, how'd that go? I, I want to give Judd a shout-out because I, I gave Judd two minutes. He probably ended up taking a little longer than that to talk about the Wild. 
Oh, nice. I just felt like he, he felt like he was, I know he's a baseball guy too, but like deep down he's a hockey guy. And so I wanted to give him his chance. And I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that the, I said who was going to be the new wild GM. And I'm pretty sure I wasn't like completely listening to him and I don't follow hockey, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure the guy he said was going to be the, the, the wild we're going to hire is the guy that they hired or whatever his name Bill is. Bill Garen. Garen. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what he said. Oh, wow. Billy, Billy Garen. Um, well, just go with it. And so props to Judd for yeah. nice. Um, you know what I learned listening to the show last week is that Judd doesn't listen to Glenn Perkins on baseball every that's week. That's true. Yeah, I was a little surprised to hear that. Yeah, he doesn't. I I was I was bummed out. So somebody I'll have to share the shout out with him, but that's okay. Yeah. That's how Twitter or not. works. Like just let it let it fall into the abyss. <laughs> that's cool. Like too. Judd doesn't get if Judd doesn't want to listen, then he doesn't get that's cool a claim do, for do, being do, right. Do you guys get the sense that even when Judd is talking about baseball, talking about the Twins, talking about the Vikings, that he's really thinking about hockey? All the you time. Know, he's really thinking about yeah. wild line combinations yeah. and how he would shuffle and I, them. Well, and I think that there was talk about that that the day we recorded. I think that that's when they started talk. Like I think Boudreaux had talked to somebody and said, like, yeah, I think this is how the lines are going to work out. And I'm sure Judd was like running through his head. He's like, well, man, if if uh, I don't even know the Koivu if he's Zucker, there and then, and Zucker's over there yeah. and then well, I don't know how that's going to work with uh, with him and and you know he's a little bit slower skater but he's got the hard shot and here's the secret to hockey line combinations they're all random they shuffle them every team shuffles them every four games wow this well we didn't score any goals better shuffle the line combinations again it's somebody Plinko. asked me yesterday if Bill Guerin was the right hire and if he could take the Pittsburgh Penguins winning blueprint to Minnesota. I said, well, he's got a pretty good start if he gets Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Yeah. If somebody asked me that, I would just be like, absolutely, 100% yes. <laughs> uh, nailed it. <laughs> and just move on. Like This was the guy I circled so early on. This is who I wanted when somebody, they hired Paul Fenton. If somebody goes to, a, to ask you, Derek Wetmore. That was, that was their first oh, mistake. Their wild take. <laughs> That's more on them than me at that right. point. Like, but man alive. You knew what you walked into. Yeah. It's amazing. So, gentlemen, as we sit here right now, and the, the, the Twins, fortunately, even though they lost 2 or 3 to the White Sox, the Mets are laying it on the Indians this week in New York. And, uh, and the other New York team, the Yankees, split with the Indians. So the Indians are, have, have slowed down a little bit. Twins have a three-game lead as we sit here right now in the American League Central, 77-50. and 50. So, Glenn... What are your, like, where's your bar right now where you say, all right, if they cross this bar, division, playoff series win, World Series, whatever your bar is, where you'd say, yep, this is a successful season. I can get behind this. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think going back, I, I think you wrote it down. I don't know how you, well you keep track of what you write on your notepad, but I had said, I, I believe I said that the Twins would have a seven-game lead on this was like mid midish late July, if that makes sense. So like I remember July, this. yeah. The the like the week after the All Star break, I think I had said like the, you know the lead was starting to dwindle. It might even have been the week after that, like getting toward the deadline. And I'm like you know it was maybe two or three game lead they had. Said so they'll have a seven game lead on September first. I still think they're going to do that. Um, I I think you know Kluber got hurt again now. Brad Hand has been abysmal really since the All Star well, since like late June, but his last five games he's been he's been really bad. That's not good for them, and so you know everybody talks about the schedule that they're playing harder teams, easier teams to the Twins. Well, the Twins go lose two out of three to the White Sox. So all those things aside, I still think the division is a foregone conclusion. Like they 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 are. I think they are going to do that. I think they should do that. I think they will do that. Whatever. Um, 
it's tough to like say, well, is it a success if they win one series? Because then it's like, you know, if you get there and you win the division, like, and you lead baseball in home runs and all those things, like, but also it's really hard. Like, I always go back to Theo Epstein and he builds a team to win the regular season and then hopes that everybody's playing well and healthy and pitching well in the playoffs. It's such a crapshoot. Like, it has nothing to do it doesn't have as much to do with how good a team was throughout the regular season as, as it does who's hot. And so, I mean, to say like, yeah, they need to win a series or I'm going to be disappointed. Like, I think if you win the division and you make the playoffs in a full series, not a wild card, if you win a division, I think that's a heck of an accomplishment. For this, for this based on what we thought before the season, like if anyone would have said, hey, in February, this team's going to win the division, successful season or not, we all would have said, oh my God, yeah. yeah. And expectations can change throughout a season. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I wonder how, how much in the eyes of the front office the expectations changed. Because of what happened, you know, getting just two relievers at the deadline, not really doing much else. Like, they clearly are on a different page than most Twins fans and media members that said they need to get a starting pitcher. They need to get uh, all these, myself included, they need to get a left-handed reliever. I think there were some things that maybe they did leave out that they could have gotten to help a lefty reliever being one of them. But you wonder what, what their expectations were and how like how much they've changed versus how much the public perception of the team has changed. Where like, what the Twins have done, the start they got off to, now all of a sudden it becomes, oh, they're the World Series favorites. They're not. And I think I got Judd to alter his course last week when we did our show at Modus Brewing. Modus Brewing? Yeah. I always mix it up. Modus Brewing. We did our show there, and everybody but me said the Twins were good enough to win the World Series. And, of course, Judd being panicky guy. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I was absolutely wrong there. They are, you know, and this is after they, like, I don't know what, what series that was. Or maybe their bad homestand that they had. Oh, there's Judd walking in right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and so he reversed course. He reversed well, course. Judd's passing by the hallway. <laughs> but I honestly, I just if they if they win the division, like that's from where this team has been for the, for the majority of the last ten years. Look at it from that perspective. That that's a heck of an accomplishment. It is. That's 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 super duper hard to do to be the best team over the course of a 162 game season to keep your guys healthy to keep your guys consistent to win on a consistent basis. I think. All those things considered, for me, that's anything beyond that is a combination of of just like gravy and luck. See, I think where where I'm at is my expectations have fluctuated throughout the year a little bit before the trade deadline, as they were sitting 25 games over 500 with a chance to add whatever they wanted to add. I thought they had a pretty blank canvas. I think you know, obviously if they if they really wanted to. Could, we don't know. We can, I'm not going to rehash this whole thing, but like, could they have landed Noah Syndergaard by giving up their three top? It's, they made a choice, and it might be the prudent choice to not go overboard to add a starting pitcher. And when they did that, to me, um, it became obvious they're not going to be the favorites. When they get to the playoffs, the Astros are going to be a favorite over them. The Dodgers in the National League are going to be a favorite over them, uh, and, and we'll wait and see on the Yankees. So right now, August 22nd, three game lead. Uh, where I'm at with this is division. I agree they're going to win it. I want to see them win a playoff series with the greatest offense in team history. I want to see the most prolific power-hitting offense in baseball history 
beat someone in the division series because they haven't won an actual playoff series since 2002 at this and point. I, and, I, and I want all those things. I just don't think I would be disappointed if it doesn't happen. I, I think, put it this way, if they get swept in the first round of the playoffs, then I'd be disappointed. They go lose four straight. Yeah. Actually, that might be the next step. The next step might just be win a playoff game for the first just, time since just 2004. Like, like, compete in a good series, I think. I mean, have a good showing. Hopefully, I mean, I want them to win. Obviously, I'm a fan. I, I played there forever. Like, I would love to see all those people have success. And and but I just I think the I think the greatest accomplishment is just the the winning the 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 full season. So you asked about the front office and how they perceive their chances this year. I remember being surprised, and I didn't make a big deal out of it, but I remember being surprised that when they had an eleven and a half game lead, I talked to a bunch of people, including. Falvey, Levine, on and off the record about what are, how, how has this shifted now? This has got to be, like, you had your forecasts, but, like, here we are. June 2nd, 11 and a half game lead, Indians are dead and buried, you're cruising all the way to the ALCS, now it's just about how far can you go, whatever. It was a pretty aggressive line of questioning now that I look back on it, but they always said, without fail, our goal is to win the division, we don't take that team lightly over there. You had an 11 and a half game lead and they were saying like that's a good team. They're the champs until we knock them off. Our goal is to knock them off. I remember being surprised by that. But I think it's a le- it lends some insight into how they feel about this team relative to the Indians and really how they have all along. I guess I I just perceived in my mind that they jumped past the Indians. They leapfrogged the Indians in the division in May. But Maybe they didn't see it that way. They saw this as a you know neck and neck race to the finish. Yeah, and I mean, and the way they look at it, you know, with I, I like I, I'm sure you could find like their Pythagorean wins like throughout the season. So when they were 40 and 18, what was their record supposed oh, to be? Sure, yeah, and it was probably 32 and 24. They might have been playing a little over their heads, you know, or 32 and 26 or whatever. Where it, like that they were, even though their run differential was crazy, but still, I mean. It's what, 10, 10 runs a win, so every plus 10 is 10 games over 500 or whatever. So, you know, if they're 100, then, they're, then they should have only been 10 games over instead of 22 games over. So, you know, it's, it's um, they, they're looking at all those things as well. You yeah. know, the, the run differential and, you know, how a team is, the projections really, and sure. they're like, okay, like some possible regression. These, yeah, and like they brace themselves for that. And, that's exactly what the Indian like the Indians are going through the same thing right now. Like they're regressing a little bit back toward the mean too, which it was only natural After to have playing seven fifty right. baseball. Like the, tw- the, the Indians did what the Twins did in the first two months in the in June and July. Yeah, and now they're you know so it, that's where it's like they're they're where they should be, and I think that's what Derek Falvey and Thad Levine see is like this is this is where we always saw it being is a neck and neck. We just got off to a really good start. They had a bunch of guys get hurt, got off to a bad start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I but s- just because you did that, and also, like we talked about it, early on, you get off to this big lead, then maybe it forces the, the other team to do something. Well, they closed the gap enough to where they didn't have to. Sure. Well, they traded Bauer and, for some win-now players. Yeah. And so you you get uh, you get to that point, but they they I think I think that this team is is where they always sure. maybe thought they were going to be. Yeah, and and to your point, deserve to be after how they've played. Deserve to be in first place yeah. for sure. But Cleveland has also we didn't played get really your well. Thought on, I was going to say, 
I would be disappointed if they don't go to the American League Championship Series and, and make it a series. If they bow out in the first round of the playoffs, even if they get there, it's going to be impossible not to walk away from this season disappointed. Like, they have a shot. They have an outside shot here to win 100 games. Teams that win 100 games should have their eyes on the World Series. And I think anything less than that is just kind of... Ah, it feels like you left something on the table there, for me. There's a major... <clears throat> wow, excuse me. Uh, there's a major, no pun intended, wild card on the table here. And it's a guy who throws 100 miles an hour and he's in AAA right now. Bruzdar Gratterall... You see all the time throughout the last 10 or 15 years. I mean, I remember when the Cardinals called up Michael Waka at the end of a season and all this, and like he didn't become the pitcher that people thought based on that postseason. But if you've got a guy who throws 100 miles an hour and who's your top pitching prospect and he can come up and even give you two innings at a time, I think it starts to change the expectations a little bit again. I mean, like we can, you know, I, I'm not going to, if he comes up and he's amazing, I'm not going to say you got to win the World Series. I, I, all I'm saying is, Go win your first playoff game, first play. Set some new milestones for the first time in fifteen or twenty years. But if that dude comes up and he's giving you two innings and he's blowing guys away right right off the bat, and and there's not much of a scouting report on him, and you're unveiling him in September and October for the first time, and so teams don't get to see him five six times and then adjust to him, I actually think that drastically increases your chances to compete with the Astros. And by the way, the Yankees right now, we complain about the Twins bullpen and the Twins starting rotation. The Yankees pitching is much more of a disaster than the Twins pitching. And if you start to look at the lineups, if let's say the lineups are a wash, I might take the Twins pitching right now over the Yankees pitching. And I would I would welcome I, I would say this. I think the only team that is definitively favored over the Twins in the American League in a series right now is the Astros. And because it's baseball, even if the Astros are favored, you don't I mean you don't have to beat the Astros four times in five games. You gotta beat them four times in seven games. Right. Which right. is what they did this year. Right. And and Judd and I had an argument about this and, and Rami was the mediator a couple days ago. And and the argument was, well, they they beat the crap out of really uh, they beat the crap out of bad teams that they're supposed to, like the Tigers and the Royals, and they're just kind of five hundred against the best teams. And I said, What's wrong with that? Yeah, pad your record against the worst teams. That's pretty much what everybody is. Yeah, but if you're if you're five hundred in a if, if you're around five hundred in a playoff series against the Astros, you're around game six seven a chance to win the yeah, series. Yeah, and right? you know what? So, you, if they actually are. They're actually above five hundred against really good teams. And you know what? Above five hundred is in a best of seven series. Yeah. <laughs> Next series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's every team in baseball is going to be worse against the best teams in baseball. Why does it? Why is it a moving goalpost for the Twins? Well, and nobody, and and they're gonna look. They're not gonna look at what what are the Astros against teams above five hundred. What are the Yankees against teams? No, nope, just are the, the Twins. It's just well, the Twins are only three games above five hundred. Yeah, it, that's exactly it. It's the same thing as like a team that wins three more games every month than they lose is a ninety-five win team. Like it, it adds <laughs> up crazy. really fast. Yeah. That yeah, if you go twenty-one and nineteen or thirty and twenty-eight against above five hundred teams, like that's a three-two series win or a, or a game seven. At least coin a coin flip. flip. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying with the championship series. Get to the ALCS, flip a coin. If it's you and some other powerhouse, well, then strap them up and just see what happens in that series. See if the pitching can get you to the finish line. Yeah, I'm trying to do some math on the fly here. Uh, how, like, how Always do we feel dangerous. about the Angels? Are the Angels a good team? Like, how do we, how would we classify nah, the Angels? We, They're we below 500, the correct? Okay, but par- partly because the Twins have drubbed them this season is. Like they're 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 like a 500 team with the greatest player of our generation, I guess. Yeah, well, they're actually like a 60 win team without the greatest player. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a travesty, by they're the way. So, if you took him out, if he missed a year, and they would they would lose 
95 games. It's just because they have him, they're a 500 team. Yeah. Uh, the Twins, 1, 2, 8, 10, uh, 18, 22. 22 wins, and let's see here. Uh, this is uh, carry the 5 there, 11 to the 19 to a 5. Uh, it looks like they're 22 and 24 against the Braves, Red Sox, Yankees, Astros, um, and I threw a couple now. Like I think I threw the Phillies in there. So they're like they're just like, and you could add a couple other teams, Cleveland like, maybe. Oh, I put Oakland in there too. Yeah, yeah, Cleveland's on the list. So they're they're around 500 against the best teams in baseball, and that's like I'm to, just to not, expect a lot more than that is probably aggressive. Well, and, and the the better like then that's what I'm saying. So the next thing you do then is what are the Yankees against those teams, and what are the Astros against those teams? Yeah, just I'm for just a not comparison stressed. sake. You know what? I mean, I'm sure the Astros are a little better than than that. I'll do a story on this. I'll look it up. I just okay. I'm not stressed about this. And I know a lot of people are, and I, I, whatever, I respect that. That's cool. You follow baseball however you want to, but it's just more fun from my perspective to to be like, oh, they're one of the best teams in baseball. They're not the best, and then baseball's random. So like, weird stuff's gonna happen in the postseason. This if you can is get like there. it's like the like the Kirk Cousins thing, right? Like he's really bad in prime time. Like he's not just five hundred. He's really bad. Like the, like the Twins aren't really bad against good teams, pressured games, all those things. Mm-hmm. Like if they were ten and thirty against those teams, you're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> they're just beating up on a really bad division. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. That was the old Yankees stat line for a long time. It doesn't. It's not that way anymore against the Yankees. They go toe to toe, and you and you saw it at Target Field a few weeks ago. There is actually when we come back here, there is one other thing, another factor here that's going to be really important one way or the other, and it's Jose Barrios. And let's get Glenn's thoughts on the last three starts for Barrios, and just in general how bad he's been in his career in August, and is he going to turn it around? It is Glenn Perkins on Baseball, the Score North Twin Show, available anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We have a five-day-a-week twin show. Uh, find it on Apple. Find it on Spotify. Just search the Score North Twin Show. Give us a five-star rating if you can. It helps spread the word about the show if you like it. And go tell five friends. We're coming back talking about Jose Barrios. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your Quick reminder before we jump back in here, all Arise shirts for people who missed the announcement earlier in the show, we are selling all Arise. I can't. Can you roll your R's? Glenn? Arise. Oh, wow. Yeah. We should do Glenn Rami in an Arise off. It would be good. Week. You should do Glenn and Arise in Arise. An Arise off. Arise. You got it. The hardest part is, so like even Corey Provis does on the radio, it's, he, he sends up saying like Arise. And you have to, that's not a roll. That's like a, it's almost like a, it's a, a stumble. Like a lies. Arise. Arise. <laughs> it's arise. We'll teach Phil how to do You've this. You've got to, if you can get two, like just you two got bumps, <laughs> arise, arise, like that. You get two, that's, I th- I believe that, because it's, it's a A-R-R. Mm-hmm. So like in the alphabet, the, you know, it's, it's the, the, the way the Spanish alphabet works, there's, there's an R and then a double R. And you got to roll on oh, the I double know. R. So there's, it's R oh. and then R. Are as R and double R. Okay. M A N A O P. Wow, you're really good at that. R R. 
SAT. Hey, University of Minnesota Ube Education. Keys. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, you pick some things up, you know, playing 15 years in pro baseball. Phil, I have it on good authority that you are able, one is able to acquire this skill. So we will teach you by the end of the uh, American League Championship Series. And we are selling all Arise. I see. Arise. There you go. Okay, we are selling all Arise shirts at the Minnesota State Fair. And we asked Luis Arise what his favorite charity is. And Luis Arise said the Ronald McDonald House. So all proceeds for those all Arise shirts are going to be donated to charity. You can pick them up exclusively at the Score North merchandise booth at the Minnesota State Fair. Off very Chamber cool. Street. Yeah. Awesome. That's so very cool. Jose Barrios has been rough Barrios. in his last three. Jose Barrios. And he has a six ERA for his career in August. What's the deal there? Is, is, is this something that we should be... All right, is he is he just going to be bad the rest of the season because that's what his track record is, or what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure because he he works so hard, and and I guess if there's anything I would I would say is that maybe he's doing too much off the field, like not off the field, but in the weight room, all those things. Like there's a fine line between like staying strong and but then also like. The season's so stinking long, and then August, and and it, it it drags on. That you have to be careful about managing your workload, and he's he's so driven and so determined to be the best that, and he works so hard. You just wonder if it's almost take one step back, um, you know. And so that's something they're going to have to figure out. And and you know, it'd be nice if they had a little bit more of a cushion where they can maybe skip him once. Yeah. Maybe they will get to do that later on here in, in September um, just to give him a little bit of a breather because he's been he's been to workhorse. He hasn't yeah. missed a start, I don't think. I, I mean, no. he's gone every fifth day. Okay, assuming no, like that there's no serious injury or underlying issue, just in general. I think it's just wear and tear. Like, does your arm hurt at this point in the season if you're a starting pitcher? It's like you get dead. You just get like dead. And I think it's always August because it's like you know, and especially for him, and I, I went through this. Like, you go to the All Star Game, and it's so fun, and like the spectacle. And then you get back, and it's kind of like for us, we were we were never in it, so it was always like wah wah wah. Like, you know, we're twenty five games back, but uh, like you you kind of get that no man's land from like the post All Star Game letdown to September baseball that matters. And so there's a little bit of that. I and and he is as focused and and all that as as anybody I've ever played with. But I just think it's I think it's just a natural thing that happens in like the dog days of August, um, you know. And and I think he I think he could benefit from from a, a an extra day. I mean, maybe I guess he gets an extra day this time now because they have an off day, so that'll help. Um, but maybe mixing in a couple extra days, maybe they can maybe they can you know with the rosters expanding, maybe they can have him go four or five innings in a couple starts just to kind of prep him, kind of let him get a break. Back off his bullpens a little sure. bit. I don't know how they're doing all that stuff. That's just that stuff that we did, you know, a million years ago when the game was completely different. Or add a six starter in September when rosters allow yeah. it, or something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they, that... they could certainly mix Devin Smelter back in. There you go, and mm-hmm. have him. So then they're doing a six man and just kind of stretch everybody out. I don't. I, I I would be shocked if he's hurt. I mean, his you know when his stuff when he goes, his stuff is still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I just would say seems that like he's just a, a all around. Fatigue looking. So, a couple starts he had a fastball velo dropped a mile or two an hour. Nothing serious, but down. So, you're watching it. His last time out, he's still 93, 94. Like, the stuff is there. So, and so much of velo is tied to your legs. And so, if your legs start getting tired, 
then you're not driving as much. You're using more arm, and your arm gets a little more sore. You're already sore. You're already tired because of the season, the innings he's thrown. So I, I don't know. I think I think he'll be okay. It's something, definitely something there's going to be questions that he's got to answer, yeah. and it's going to happen this year when he's throwing the first game of the playoffs. That's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, sidecarring it with Glenn. And uh, you'll hang out with us live for this show at the State Fair next Thursday at noon if people want to come. Coming in and, uh, hot from the cabin. Should we do the wiffle ball thing again? Where you you just take me deep in front of like yeah, 200 people? Yeah, we could people? do that. We should maybe set that up. I, I bet sh- I could get him. I, I was all pumped. Like I Googled and YouTubed wiffle ball pitches. And <laughs> like Glenn's not a hitter, right? And like as the show's ending, Glenn just like hits one 500 no, feet No, he's off the of- best baseball player in the room. That's fair. <laughs> All right, uh, give us please give us a five star review on the Scorner Twin Show feed anywhere you find podcasts. It helps spread the word. See you guys later.